0: Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are in class number 97. This today's class uh, will be given le of Nina Sara Silva We are in the middle of the subject of changing our character. Our midot. We've been speaking <clears throat> about the great value and importance of midot in our lives on so many levels. Today, we're going to begin to try to figure out how is it possible that a person can change their character. Again, I reiterate. We're not talking about changing our actions. We're talking about changing our characteristics, our essence of who we are. How does a person do that? So be warned that changing character is not like changing our actions. There is one major difference. When it comes to a person's actions, a person is capable of changing their actions on the spot. There is no need for a step-by-step program to change a person's actions. For example, if a person would go in front of a judge for having murdered people in his life. And the judge has a tremendous amount of Rahmanut and before he sentences the guy for life in prison, he says, do you have something convincing that you can tell me that I will be lenient on you, that I will let you go? So he says, Your Honor, And he goes into his words of how terrible he feels and he has tremendous remorse and regret and all the nice words. And he's crying and he's emotional and it's real. And he says, Your Honor, I pledge to you, I will not be a murderer anymore. It's going to take me some time. You know, I used to murder Ten people a week. I'm going to... I'm going to go down. I'm going to start with a few less and then a few less. And within a certain time, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to murder anymore. Okay, now you're laughing because it's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Because a person is expected... To change their action immediately there is no step-by-step on actions people make a mistake in a lot of different things they misquote things they put the wrong solution for the different for a problem that's supposed to be solved a different way when it comes to actions there are no step-by-step if you're doing the wrong thing if you're speaking lashon hara there's no step-by-step there's no, uh, let me uh, not talk about her today, only tomorrow. It's not like that. It's, it's a silly way of life, and it makes us look at ourselves with, with tremendous weakness. Act, I'm not saying it's easy to change actions, but actions can be changed, and in fact, it's demanded of us to make changes if we're doing the wrong things in life. Actions don't require time. It's something that we can stop right then and there. That is the expectation. Murder is a... I gave you a ridiculous example so you would laugh. Because if I started with Lashon HaRa, you'd probably say, No, I, you can't do it. So I gave you something that is... A, everything would, Everyone would say, What do you mean? Of course. The same way you understand murder is of course. Any action is an of course. There is no excuse for a person to do something wrong and to say, I need a step-by-step. You need to stop. There's no excuse. But when it comes to midot, when it comes to character, it cannot work that way. There is no way that a person can change their character with a decision with an overnight solution. There are no overnight solutions to patience. You cannot wake up one morning and say, that's it, I decided I'm going to be patient. No more arrogance, no more jealousy, no more laziness. All these proclamations mean nothing because these types of characteristics require a program that needs a step by step. So, whenever you hear step by step in your life, it's not wrong, it's correct, but it's only in the character change of a person. There, step by step is the formula. What is the formula that is step by step? Exactly how does an angry person become calm? How does a person who lives in fear? Becomes at peace. How does a person who's jealous become satisfied? How does a person who can't control themselves with any kind of desire is able to have self-control? How is that possible? What is this program that's step-by-step? What is the step-by-step? So we go to the Rambam And the great rabbis who tell us, I'm going to quote first the Rambam. The Rambam says, Which means, what does the person have to do in order to change who they are? So he says, He has to do it once. And do it twice. Veishalesh, and do it three times. And he has to continue to do it more and more. Veyahzor bahem tamid. Which means there is some secret that the Rambam is revealing to us that maybe we would not have been ourselves able to realize is that somehow if I repeat something once and twice and three times, At some point, it's not that it becomes a habit. That's not what we're talking about. Remember, we're not trying to change our actions. He's not trying to change our habits. So if you have a habit of doing A, let's change your habits. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that a person is able to change who they are inside, somehow, with their actions. The Mesilat Yesharim perhaps is more clear on this subject of how it works. He says, He says, external movement is able to awaken the inside of a person. You know, the inside of us is not a place that we have access to. I don't have a key and neither does any human have a key to their character. It's not something that we could touch or feel, turn the keys, do things to change. We can't do it. I can move my fingers and my hands and my legs and my face. I have control of my body. I don't have an access to my character. It's actually invisible. There's no way to get to it. So one would say, if that's who you are, if that's who your character is, and most people, by the way, do think that, Most people think they are who they are and it is what it is. Maximum they can control themselves sometimes but they're not going to change. I am who I am. Take it or leave it. This is it. It's not only a proclamation that people say. That's what people believe. This is how I was born and this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And here... We have these great people saying, it's not like that. And if you say, so where is the key? What, what does that mean? How, where is the key to my anger? How do I get patience? What do I have to do? I can't even see it. I can't even get to it. How am I supposed to t- change something that I don't have a, access to it and there is really nothing here? It's invisible. How can a physical person change something that is spiritual? And come the great rabbis and says, he achitsona, tenu'ah means the external movement of a person, oreret ha'penimit. It somehow awakens the inside of the person. Continues the Mesilat Yesharim and says, u'bevadai, he says for sure, she'yoter mesura beyado. Meaning, what is in our control, is haḥitzona mehapenimit. The inside of us, no access. The external, within my control. Ach im mima says the And if you use what is in your hand, that's your physical. Yikne gam ma sheeno he will be able to acquire that which is not in His hand, which is the internal. In simple English, it means that Hashem did give a key to our hearts and a key to our character. The key is our actions. Our actions have the ability to change who we are. The external could change the internal. The words of the Sefer hinukh one of the great Rishonim writes. He says, he calls us his son. Very nice to be the son of the Sefer HaHinuch. He says, He says, if you want to learn something, Bina means understand. He says, if you want to be in Navon, listen to this. One would say, to be a Navon, you have to learn a lot to be in Navon. But it seems over here he's giving us something that is so powerful that it's worth it that we would even be called a Navon just for this. He says, listen good, wake up. If you're sleeping, if you're taking a nap now, wake up and listen good. means pay full attention. Which means I'm going to teach you something something very beneficial for your life da he says no Adam nifal that a person is activated according to what they do according to their actions and a person's mind and all his thoughts his feelings, His emotion, all the parts that we can't touch, all the part that very often we struggle with, emotional, thinking too much, thinking about the wrong things, says the Sefer HaInuch, Tamid Ahar Maasehu It is always following your actions, which means your thoughts and your emotions Don't just appear. Something was done on the outside. Maybe you're watching the wrong things. Maybe you're with the wrong people. Maybe you're saying the wrong words. Maybe you're in the wrong places. Bottom line is, he says tamid. Tamid is a very strong word. You have to be very confident to say the word tamid. Tamid means always. I I can make comments like, yeah... This causes this. This may cause that. To say something is always, you have to be someone very big. Says the Sefer Ha'inuch, who's definitely worthy of someone being called very big. He says always. He says, Libo, your thoughts. Mahshavotavs. Mahshavotav means your your different ideas in your mind. Your feelings. Tamid, ahar, ma'asehu. It's always, always following your actions. Always doesn't mean that you do something at 10 a.m. So at 10.02, you already start feeling in your mind. That's not what it means. But it means that if you look maybe in your day, in your week, in your month, there are things that you're doing that are causing you to feel the way that you feel. You may not be able to change it and say, what should I do? That's the way I feel. The problem is, the actions that are causing it are what's really at the cause of it. And if we don't find the key to those, or to change them, we will not be able to change our libo and Mashevotav. He says, "Afilu gamur He says, even if you take a person who's a rasha gamur, is an evil person. Not externally evil, worse than that. He's internally evil. He is inside, you open him up, he's rotten, to the core. He says, All he thinks about is evil. He just thinks about robbing and stealing and embarrassing and killing. He's an evil human being. Not just doing things wrong. He's an evil person. Probably someone that we never met. Someone really evil on the inside says, says the Sefer Ahinuch if he says if a person like this will be around people that are doing good things and he starts to do it because he's around them even if he's not pure he says it will start to change his heart and he will start to have different kinds of thoughts and a different kind of reality of who he is because the heart and the mind are always being pulled by the actions and he says and even the opposite a guy could be the biggest tzaddik the most tremendous inside real pure but for some reason he ended up in a bad place with the wrong people he had no choice they put him in jail whatever it might be says the rambam says he says after spending a lot of time with these people it's very 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 likely that his own feelings and mind and heart will change so that's the key to the human heart and the key to the human character, to midot, Only actions could change midot. No speeches, no drashot, no reading books. All of that is not changing your character. You could read a book, 500 pages long, on arrogance. Not changing your character. It's good to read about it. It's important to read about it. And it's definitely a step. But it's not going to do the job. This type of work requires physical involvement. So anybody who comes to a class like this and walks out, and even if they're very inspired about changing something, they should know they've done nothing. Coming to this class doesn't do anything. It's supposed to awaken us. It's supposed to give us the right guide and the right ideas. But in the world of the character, only actions are going to make the difference. So if a person is not willing to put in the work, or they think it's childish, or they think they're going back to school now, that I have to go do homework, and I have to do things, that's what people feel when they hit 20. Anything they have to do. So that's, I'm not in school anymore. I don't, I don't do that. I'm high level. I just read, or I go to classes, or I learn. No, no. This is not going to work here. Here requires real work, as we'll soon see. So if a person is unwilling to do it, there's really nothing to do. I cannot help anybody. I can't help myself and change my character. And I know I have to make changes in my character. And we're continuously looking to grow in our character. It's not going to happen without actions. Changing our midot. Is compared to a person who throws the waves backwards, the waves of the ocean are going a certain direction, someone comes and they throw the waves and they go the other way. In what way is changing character like changing the tide of the waves? Normally, people think, and it's true, that our actions come from who we are. How many times have you seen someone do something and like, oh, it makes sense. They're an angry person. That's why they're yelling. They're not patient. That's why they're always nervous. They're lazy. That's why they didn't get up. They're arrogant, that's why they spoke this way. So we all know that when someone does something, whether it's good or the opposite, it's coming from a certain wave. It's coming from a certain place in in them that's pushing out all these actions. There's a wave that goes this way and causes me, my waves are like my midot. However, my waves are flowing, that's what you're going to see on the outside. The Hidush that we just learned is that the same waves can be turned the other way if we do the actions the opposite. Till now, we knew that our actions are a product of our character. Today, we realize that our actions are also the cause of our character. And that's what we're about to learn and try to figure out how we can implement this in our lives. Some rabbis explain that it is not an accident that we see some of the great people in our history were shepherds. What was so special about being a shepherd? And they explained beautifully that being a shepherd is not like selling shoes. It's not like selling jewelry. It's not like selling buildings. It's not like real estate. It's not like selling shirts. When you have an occupation of being a shepherd, so basically your job is to take care of the sheep. To make sure they're eating, to make sure they're drinking, to make sure that they're getting what they need, to make sure they have shade, to make sure that they're able to have a comfortable life. Who's going to make the sheep most comfortable? The shepherd. Which means that being a shepherd is a constant, constant act after act of Rahmanut, of compassion. They could have been in real estate, but... It's very hard to have compassion on buildings. They could have been selling shoes and selling other things, but that wouldn't bring out the best in them. So they chose an occupation that not only would be for parnasa, but they chose an occupation that would be able to lift their character in kindness and in compassion. Definitely fitting... Great people of that caliber, even today, you have people, when they choose a job, one of the considerations, an important part of the consideration is, you know, where am I working? Who are the people that I'm with all day long? If you're with people all day that are not so great, it's going to have a very big effect on you. So, we're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, making money is the most important, but you know what? This is also the most important. And there has to be a decision to consider all of those things. So even today, people make decisions like that. They don't just go to a job. At least people who have a sechel, they just don't think about the salary. They think about other things that are involved. So here, these great people decided, I'm going into this business. Because in this business, besides making money, I become a greater person. And by the way, it's... I guess no accident that the Midrash says that when it came to the greatest man, the greatest leader that we ever had, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us right before Hashem spoke to him and basically appointed him to be the next leader and the leader of the Jewish people, the Pasuk says something that seems to be not so important. It says that Moshe was the shepherd of the sheep of his father in law. That's the way the Torah introduces Moshe being spoken to by Hashem at the burning bush. The Midrash says that there is a connection here, it's not just a random story. The Midrash says actually. That when Hashem wanted to test Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem doesn't need to test Moshe Rabbeinu. He knows who He is. Meaning, what did Hashem use as the sign, as clear evidence that this is the man? How do you choose a great leader? Was it his great speaking skills? Was it his leadership qualities? Was it that he was a great father? What what exactly... Did Hashem use as the barometer or what was the item that He looked at to make this choice? The Midrash says something shocking. It says in the Midrash, Moshe lo bahano hakadosh ela betzon. He tested Him by looking at how committed He was to His sheep. How much... He would take care of the sheep. And there's a famous story, which I'm sure you heard many times. Our rabbis tell us that Moshe Rabenu was in the desert and he was taking care of the sheep. And then one of the animals ran away, and Moshe was running after the animal until the animal got to a place where it was able to be protected from the sun. And then he saw the animal saw a body of water. And he went to drink right away. And Moshe realized that he was thirsty. And Moshe felt very bad that he didn't take care of him. And that's why he ran away. And it says, he says, He says, I didn't know. Now remember, Moshe is in the desert. There's nobody here. No one's reporting this. He's not talking to anybody. He's not trying to impress anybody. He's in the desert by himself with sheep. And when he sees the sheep is suffering... Also, we see people suffering, and we also have reactions. I'm just not sure how real our reactions are. Very often in life we react according to the script that we think we're supposed to say. So when someone does something that, God forbid, is sad, something sad happens to them, so we make a sad gesture. If someone is happy, we make a happy gesture, but it's not real. This is real. This is a man by himself in the desert. And it, he said, Ani Lohayiti Yodeya, I didn't know. Sheratz hayita. you're running because you were thirsty and you were tired. Hir kivo so he put the sheep on his neck, on his shoulder, Ve haya and Moshe carried him back. This is the type of Rahmanut that Moshe Rabenu was looking to achieve when he became a shepherd. This is not an accidental test. This is Moshe Rabbeinu planning to become a great person by choosing to be a shepherd so that his Rahmanut can go higher and higher. Hashem says, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of Midot that I need to lead my people. The Midrash elsewhere, by the way, says that David Melech says Hashem tested him. The same way also with the way he took care of the sheep, of how he took care of the younger ones and the older ones and the middle-aged ones. He had a whole system to make sure that each one was getting their needs in the right time, in the right way. It's not accidental that David chose to be a shepherd. There were other occupations. They could have been in farming. They could have planted. They could have plowed. They could have done other things. They chose this And you see in the Midrash that when Hashem chose them, He looked at that. He looked at the great accomplishments that came out of being a shepherd. Hazal tell us that when they appoint a judge in a Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin is this court, this very powerful court that's even able to kill people in certain situations. When they appoint a judge, the Gemara says in Masechet Sanhedrin, that one of the requirements of being chosen to this Sanhedrin is that they have to have children. If they weren't blessed with children, not necessarily it's their fault that they don't have children, but if they don't have children, they cannot be on the Sanhedrin. But wait, but I'm the most learned person. Like people come to me to ask questions, Halakhot. The people that you chose are not even close to my knowledge, I've been learning for 60 years. I know halakha backwards and forwards. W- why not choosing me? I never did any Averan in my life. I'm a good person, I do the right things. They tell him, I'm sorry. I'm not sure how this meeting would go. Could just imagine. The guy's already suffering his life because he has no children. He's already, you could imagine what it feels like not to have children. And now, after all of that, when he comes to be a haver in the Beddin, and he's thinking he should be like the av that's where he's holding. They tell him, "I'm sorry, uh, your application has been refused." What? Why? Yeah, who'd you accept? Yeah, we accepted Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Tarfon, and and what about me? You telling me all these people are better than me? No, no, for sure. You're better than all of them, but you have no kids. No kids? Wow. I'm not sure how that would fly in today's world. Why? Why? Where's the sensitivity to the guy? Because he has no kids, that's why he becomes pasul. What did he do wrong? It's not a very nice uh, interaction. But the answer is, it's not about what he did wrong. There's a reality here. The reality is that a judge has to have Rahmanut. He has in his power to kill people. Giving someone a weapon to kill, that person needs to have Rahmanut. They have to have compassion. Imagine they told them that too. So you're telling me I don't have compassion? Why are you assuming I don't have compassion? I'm a good person. Because I don't have children, I don't have compassion? What's the answer to that question? The answer is that the human character is like muscles. Muscles in the human body, when you use them and use them and use them, they become very fresh and very strong. But if you don't use them, they get soggy, they get old, they get fatty, you have them, but you're not using them. A person who has children, not only has Rahmanut, but is practicing Rahmanut constantly, constantly practicing Rahmanut. That's the kind of person we need to decide life and death. Someone who doesn't only have Rahmanut but someone who is constantly lifting the weight of Rahmanut. And that usually happens with children. It doesn't mean it can't happen other way. But usually that's the way it happens. So therefore, we tell them, we're sorry, we can't count on you. We, we don't know for sure that you have this level of Rahmanut. Oh, you have children? You could go in. Because we know you're practicing the muscle of Rahmanut. So there you go. You see examples of how a person's occupation or a person's life or whatever they're involved in makes a difference in who they are. But you have to know there's one condition. So basically according to what we just said, a person who keeps doing something once, twice, ten times, fifty times, you keep doing it, at some point you're a changed person. So there is one condition. It's not that simple, and in fact, if it was that simple, then probably, if you're thinking, you probably realize that it's not true. Because we see in life, many times, people doing the same thing again and again and again, and then they stop. For example, a kid goes to school, every day he goes to tefillah at 7 o'clock, 7.30, Every day he has his schedule. Every day he does his thing. And then when they leave school, they're gone. What happened? I'm not saying God forbid everyone's like that. But definitely there are plenty of people that were on a schedule of doing something, praying every day with a minyan at a certain time. After school, they don't do it. I don't understand. For four years they were doing it. For 12 years. For eight years they're doing it whether it's tefillah or other things that they were accustomed to do, what happened to the rule of when you do something enough times, it becomes a part of you. It's who you are. That obviously didn't work for that boy. It didn't work for that young lady. People in the army, they go for three years, four years, they're practicing, they're training, they have regiment, they have commanders, they have all types of things that they must follow and they do it without fail. It's the army, there's no playing games. So here's a guy for three years, waking up a certain time, doing things things a certain way, being under the command of others, and after the army is over, what happens? Well, a lot of people after the army, they just want to do nothing for like years, a year, two years, three years. They just want to go and be checked out. They don't want anyone talking to them. They don't want to be answering to anybody. They don't want to get up early. They're not interested. They're done. But wait, what happened to the rule? You're in the army for three years. You were doing it a certain way. Didn't we just say that you're pushing the waves? What happened to the waves? When you leave the army, it should be obvious. Every morning you're waking up at the same time. Where are you going? You finish school, it's going to be obvious. What happened? So what happened is there is one condition that needs to be met. It's a requirement. Actions alone do not change a person. Actions do change a person if the person wants to change. That's an important factor. Meaning, if you're just doing things day in and day out, that doesn't mean you're going to change. But if you want to change, and that's why you're doing those things, then there is for sure going to be change. The opposite, a person who's doing things and they don't want to do them, the first minute they have a chance to get out, they want to get out. They're not interested. A person who's just doing things is not going to get better. There has to be... There has to be a ratzon. There has to be a desire that I want to be a super compassionate person because I know that's a beautiful midah. I want it. So I'm gonna go and work with the sheep. I'm gonna go work with children. I'm gonna go work with special kids. I'm gonna go do, if I have that intent and I do what's needed, I will get there. But just working with special children or just working with children altogether is not going to guarantee you a spot in the place of compassionate people. It has to come from Ratson. So that is the way things work. The end goal is to change the Midot. Follow me for a second. The end goal is to change the Midot. In order to change the Midot, Step back one, you need action. Step back another one, the action has to come from your ratson So that's the formula. Ratson. you have to want to be something. There has to be a goal that you want. I want to be a patient person. I never want to get angry, ever. That's what I'm looking to accomplish. I never want to be... Uh, selfish, I never want to be whatever it is, that's my goal I have a ratzon I'm going to start doing the ma'asim the action and from that we produce a person's great character by the way just as a side point if a person doesn't have ratzon usually anyway their actions don't last It's usually not so normal to continue doing things and you don't want to do them. You could do it for a day, for a week, for a month. At some point it's going to stop. So you need ratzon anyway just to keep going. But today we're learning something else. That even if you keep going, but without ratzon, it's not doing anything. You have to have ratzon for the actions to translate. Which leads us to another question. How does a person get Ratzon? So again, Ratzon means I want to be somebody different than I am today. Go ahead, you could say it, it's not a bad thing. I know we grow, we, grow, we live in a country where that's like, you can't say those things. You have to look at yourself as perfect. No. I want to be something much bigger than I am in this area, in that area, in that area. I have the Ratzon. Now what do I have to do? And I'm on my way. Beautiful. Problem is, how do I develop that Ratzon? Ratson is very precious. They say that a person in life they get what they want. And if they didn't get something, it's probably because they didn't want it bad enough. Ratzon is very powerful. But where do you buy it from? Like, where do you pick it up from? How do you walk out of this class and have a tremendous Ratzon for humility? Or a tremendous Ratzon for patience? Or a tremendous Ratzon for kindness? or a tremendous razon for emet, for being a person of emet. How do you get that? Where do you get the razon? Not excitement. Excitement you can get at any time. You can go to a class and they could talk about something and it excites you and you walk out and you're flying. I don't mean that. Excitement is inspiration. We're not talking about inspiration. We're talking about razon. Razon means I want something really badly, And I am willing to do whatever it takes to get there. That's very different than being inspired from a book or from a class. How do you develop such a Ratzon? The Rambam, as we mentioned last week, has a section in his book on Midot talks about the way midot work and what's their remedy and all different beautiful things about midot. What's most interesting, as I mentioned this last time, is that they're not called Hilchot midot. He chose a different name. Now you have to know, from the Rambam, you could learn not only from what he said, you could also learn from what he didn't say. And you certainly can learn From the way he decided to call the chapter and the name of the chapter. So when it comes to the study of Midot, the Rambam calls it Hilchot Deot. Deot means our mind, our knowledge. Very surprising. Because there are people in life that are very knowledgeable, but have horrible Midot. And there are people who have awesome midot, but they're not so knowledgeable. We've seen that throughout our lives. There are plenty of people on both sides. We would never compare an intellectual with a person who is refined, character. There are many smart people that are not refined at all. Or vice versa. Why is the Rambam... When he's talking about character, talking about de'ot, de'ot is something he should call the subject of Talmud Torah, he should call that de'ot. When he wants to tell you that he's supposed to learn, and he's supposed to review, and he's supposed to know the Torah, call that hilchot de'ot. What does midot have to do with de'ot? That he called the chapter instead of midot de'ot. Perhaps the answer to this question is that Rambam knows very well that if your de'ot, if your mind isn't clear about the need for good character, then you're not going to have the ratzon and you're not going to have the actions, and you're not going to change anything. What's the way to inspire Ratzon? How do you get to want something in life? You know how? When you understand its value. When you understand why something is valuable, that develops a deep desire for that thing. There is only one way to get real Ratzon. You have to know the value of the thing that you want. To the point that we could say very confidently that if a person wants something, it must be he understands the value. And if a person doesn't want something, he doesn't understand the value. It's clear. So value is what brings a ratson. Anything in life that I really want it must be that I find value in that thing. And that's why the Rambam is going to the core of all Midot. Now let's play back. You ready? Midot is the goal. How do we change them? Ma'asim, actions. Before Ma'asim, you have to have ratson, You have to want. And how do you want? You have to have Deot. You have to understand the value of what character is doing for you in life. How awesome good character is and how destructive not good character is. You must know that. And besides that, you also have to know what's called good character. Like we mentioned last week, it's very easy for a person to walk around thinking Yeah, my character is very good. I'm a a, a nice person. Character is way beyond being a nice person. Character is something much deeper than that. If you haven't worked, if these words that I'm saying today are a Hidush to you, then chances are, and you'll forgive me, chances are that your character needs a lot of work. Because there is no shortcut around great character. Yes, some of us are born a little bit better in some areas than others. Some of us, our families gave us something a little better and some others gave us something worse. Yes, I'm not saying we're all equal. But if you haven't learned how to change character, then probably there's a lot left on the table that we're not achieving in the world of character. Because there is no other way to do it. Can we get better by nature and the way we are and the things that we do? Yes. I'm not here condemning every person and their character. But clearly, to rise to awesome character, you need to know first the value. So what could we say about that? What could we say to add value in our minds so we could develop the Ratzon so that we could walk out of here today and say, okay, I have the Ratzon. I'm in. I gotta do this. What is it that we can learn in a few minutes together that can make us realize this is big. This is not this small item. This is really big. So, I want to share with you some quotes of some great people. I want you to know, the people I'm quoting, I was very careful to choose people. You know, there are different types of authors and different types of books, but there are certain types of rabbis and books that are very, very careful with their words. I can't today tell you why. You'd have to study their books and you'll understand why. But they're very measured. They don't exaggerate. They don't dramatize. It's not their way. They're very, very exact and say what it is. One of those people clearly is the Gera The Mevilna. of Mevilna, from all his sfarim, has that strength, that style. He's not someone who is going to add extra words for extra clarity. He's not doing that. Or for extra excitement or for extra drama. He says what needs to be said. And sometimes it's so little what he says that we have to work hours and days to understand what he meant. We study the Gra's books. Every halakha in Shulchan Aruch has a Gra every word of shahrukh actually has a gra explaining what is it where did it come from very to the point very clear says the gra again i say this because i'm afraid you might take these words as an exaggeration and sometimes we hear sometimes people even rabbis they exaggerate They say, oh, this is the most amazing thing. This is the greatest thing. I mean, they have good intentions and they mean well. But this is not that. This is straight to the point. Says the Gaon. Kol avodat Hashem talui betikun hamidot. So first he's turning to all the people that have a desire to be in Eved Hashem. I don't know if everybody has that desire. It's a desire of great people. But let's talk to them for now. A person who has a desire to be an Eved Hashem, which means their life is basically taking instruction from the Creator in anything and everything that they do. That is their commitment, their Naaseh ve Jews. They are ready to do whatever is needed, wherever is needed, and however is needed. It doesn't matter. In our history, there have been tremendous role models of Eved Hashem. We know the ones in Tanakh, those are obvious. But so many more. So many of our parents and grandparents, they were an Eved Hashem. It doesn't mean they didn't make a mistake, and it doesn't mean they knew everything, but they had a commitment to do. What's needed to be done. Abraham was an Eved Hashem. Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe was an Eved Hashem. In fact, in his eulogy, Hashem says, Vayamot Moshe, Vayamot Moshe, Eved Hashem. That's it. That's how Hashem eulogized him. Eved Hashem. Done. That was his life. And there are so many great people today. So many people in our nation today that their desire is to do Retson Hashem. That's it. It's a beautiful thing to have. Says the Gaon, Kol Avodat Hashem, all this section of life called Eved Hashem, all of it, all, call Avodat Hashem, Talui is dependent Betikun Hamidot. So here's a person that their entire life, their bones are screaming, I want to be an Eved Hashem. I want to do what's right. I want to grow in my life. I want to be a true person. I want to be... Says the Rambam, just you should know, it's all hanging on a thread. That thread's called tikuna midot, which means, if you're not fixing your character, then you're not going to make it as an Eved Hashem. Even though... That is everything that you do. And if you look at the person externally, you'd see a person doing everything right. Their actions, their dress, their behavior, their words, everything. They look like real, authentic Eved Hashem. Says the Gra: all your actions are obviously very important. Nothing more important than Ebed Hashem. But there's one thing you have to keep checking in to make sure the string is still there. That's called your midot, Tikuna midot. If you're fixing your midot, he's not saying you can't be in Ebed Hashem if you don't have bed, if you have bed midot. He's not saying that. He's saying, but if you're not fixing your midot, if you're not making your midot better, then you really have to go question your Ebed Hashem status. So this whole thing that you're spending your whole life doing, wait, what but I learn all day. I'm a Talmid Chacham. I'm a rabbi. I teach people. I'm a Rebbitzin. What are you talking about? You know how many people are learning from me? You know how many people I help? Every kalah comes to learn by me. I go, beautiful. That's so beautiful. You're an Ebed Hashem. But wait, are you working on fixing your Midot? No, I don't have time for that. That's a, I don't have time for that. I'm involved in other things. Says the grah, you have to know that it's not a different department. It's not like another section of life. It's not a voluntary area where, you know, one chooses to be a shohet and one says I'm going to be a mohel and one says I'm going to be a, a rabbi. It's not like that. This is something that you cannot have, what you do, be successful if you don't have tikkun amidot. Unbelievable words. Kol avodat Hashem talui betikun hamidot. Next, continues the Gaon. call any Anytime you messed up in life, whether it's between you and Hashem, or you and your family, you and your husband, you and your wife, you and your children, you and your brothers, you and your sisters, anytime you messed up in life, between you and God and you and your fellow friend, whoever that might be, anytime. a ahata'im. That's a very powerful statement. Call All mistakes in life. All. Mushrashim. Their root is midot. At the core of every wrongdoing. In humanity is some problem in character. It may not seem that way. You will look at external what's going on, and you don't necessarily track it that way, but that's why you need the gaon. The grass says you could be sure. Call every mistake that you've ever made in life is because of your midot. That means you fix your midot, you fix your relationships. You fix your midot, you fix your marriage. You fix your midot, you fix your children. You fix your midot, you fix everything in your life between you and others and between you and Hashem. You may, have, you may have made a mistake on Shabbat. You did a terrible thing that you're not supposed to on Shabbat. Midot. What? What does Hilul Shabbat have to do with Midot. Kashrut, Midot. Has to do with Midot. Somewhere in your issue, we're not talking obviously about a person who was born and the child was taken, God forbid, into captivity and grew up with the Goyim and they're 18 years old and we're telling them it's all about Midot. Obviously, we're not talking about that person. But a person who understands who's been around, who lives around it. They went to school. They understand Shabbat. They understand Kashrut. They understand Senyud. They understand all the things they need to understand. They're not as ignorant as they look. So why are they not doing it? So we would say because uh, because they're not interested. Because uh, they don't know enough. Or they don't care enough. Comes the grand says a tremendous revelation. You know where it's from? Somewhere, somewhere, he's not saying it's the only issue, but somewhere at the root cause is midot, some character flaw in the person which is not allowing them to do what they need to do. He doesn't stop. He continues. He keeps using the word kol. Kol hatovot baolam All the good that happens in this world, or God forbid, all the bad that happens in this world, all kolatovot, hakol, says the says the gra. Alpiharov. Okay, here he gives a little, he says, usually. ha midot. It's about your character. The Gaon Himself says, what about, what about learning Torah? What about that? I learn and I learn. Then there's nothing greater than learning Torah. Nothing. Talmud Torah, all the mitzvot on one side of the scale, Talmud Torah outweighs them all together. That's a mishnah. There's nothing like Talmud Torah. So what about that? What about a person who's learning Torah? But not so not so focused on their midot. These are some very strong words I'm about to say. But it's the grah, I have to say it. Says the grah that the relationship of Torah to midot is like the relationship of rain to the field rain is awesome ya aruf kam likhi compared to rain it gives life it gives a person all that they need to live an awesome life when it rains on a field is that a good thing or a bad thing are great things going to grow in that field or not such great things well it all depends depends what you plant If you planted something good, you planted good seeds, you plowed the right way, everything is in order, the rain comes and you have such beautiful, beautiful trees and fruits. A person who put rotten seeds and didn't plow and didn't do the work and lets the field grow with all weeds and the the water comes from the rain, it also makes it grow but it makes all the negative grow. These are some very strong words. That means, the G'ra saying, that the Torah that you learn, if you're not fixing your Midot, while you're learning Torah, actually, the Torah can make you even worse. Because it's like the rain that comes into a field that is of not such good quality, And it's giving power to that negativity and it grows even more. The great Rav Yisrael Musalan says, he says a person who has bad midot is like a thief. He says, but a person who doesn't have good midot and learns Torah too, it's like an armed thief. It's a thief with all the extra superpower to use and hurt people. Torah is a tremendous koach. Hazal tells us that the Torah could be Le Maiminimba, those who take advantage of the Torah. Sama dehaye. It's life. Le and those who misuse the Torah, sama demotah It's like poison. You could take the wisdom of the Torah with the wrong Midot and it could be destructive. Now, by the way, Torah is a super important ingredient for changing Midot too, which we'll get to not this week. Happens to be Torah could be a very big help to change Midot. But again, we're talking about a person, be very specific. Don't go around saying this to every person. That you see. It's a very specific person. I'm sure there's someone in your mind you think, oh yeah, I know that guy. Such terrible. Yeah, he learns. Stop learning. That's not what we're saying here. That's not what we're discussing. We're talking about a person who is committed to learn but not committed to their character, refinement. That's what we're talking about. We're, we're telling him, you've got to be careful with your Torah. It may end up actually doing bad for you. So the the solution isn't stop learning. Obviously, you understand. The solution means you're doing the greatest thing in the world. So, but you gotta have the midot. You gotta you gotta fix your character. Hazal say very simple words. It's not like you don't need the gaon really. It says it very simple. (laughs) Im en derech eretz en Torah. You don't have midot. So you don't have Torah, but what do you mean I don't have Torah? I could quote you every book alive, I could, I could go and quote you, watch Daf, I could go... Your Torah is not the Torah that we're looking for. <speaking in Hebrew> and Torah. By the way, also. Torah helps you have derechet, but you have to be focused on it. It's not just automatically you learn and you have great Midah. Torah definitely can make a person of great character. But it has to be a focus of the person. The Hazonish, Alava Shalom was probably the Gadol Hador of the last hundred years in Torah. He was someone very great, very big in Torah. His whole life was learning. A relative of his came to visit him. He had a daughter on the market of Shidduchim and uh, somebody offered a young man learning in Yeshiva he hurts they 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 said some great things about this young man he was a very very intelligent he was very serious about his learning he was all valuable things that make him a quality person so they came to the Hazonish this relative of his and says you know what do you think what's the would you give me a bracha for this shidukh? So so the Hazonish says, he says, Listen, I know that of course all these things are important. Obviously, that's what you you know, this is a great to have a Talmud nothing better. He says, But you have to look for three things besides all that. Three important things you have to look for. I, I don't know what you guys look for for Shiduchim. I know people that when they look for shiddukhim, they look for three things also, right? They look for money, and then more money, and then even more money. Three important things to look for, okay? Good luck. That's, 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 that's my uh, advice to those people. Sounds like a, like you're going to Olam Haba because you have all money but then you'll see later on that it wasn't what you uh, expected not necessarily people who have money are the wrong people God forbid I don't mean that either but if that's what you're looking for and that's all that matters then you're probably going to get stuck with someone that isn't worthwhile so it says the Hazanish three things to look for when you're looking to find a, a boy I'm assuming a girl too He says, look, make sure they have Midot. And then the second thing is, also look for Midot. And then the third thing he says, make sure you look for Midot also. So Midot and Midot and Midot and you're doing okay. That's some very strong words out of the great Hazonish. When you hear this, you realize certain things that Hazal told us and like now they make sense. For example, yeah. the Gemara says, yeah. anyone who's arrogant. If he would be a Torah scholar, which is in the words of Chachamim, when they call someone Talmid hacham, it's not what we say Talmid Chacham. If we see someone with a book that's written in Hebrew, we say Talmid Maybe he's reading uh, some storybook from Israel, we don't even know. But if we see someone reading a Hebrew book, oh, why, it's me Hacham. So you have to know, what Hachamim calls someone Talmîn Hacham, it's not that. It's someone, Hazal say, a Talmîn Hacham can only get that title if he would never walk six feet, six feet without thinking of Torah in his life. That, that's what a Talmîn Hacham is. So that's a very big person. Says hachamim, Kola mityahir, one who is arrogant, Im talmid hachamhu, he reached that status of talmid hacham, mistaleket his wisdom is going to leave him. It doesn't mean he's not going to know what he's learning. It just means that somehow he ends up misusing it. Instead of using it for what's good, he ends up misusing the same wisdom. im navihu, if he's a prophet, what happens to an arrogant prophet? Nevuato mistaleket mimenu. His nevuah. Now I just have to imagine if someone with all the wisdom of Torah, with bad midot, is destructive. Could you imagine how destructive midot are for someone who has nothing? He's not doesn't have wisdom, doesn't know anything. Midot. Is like the Gaon says, the source of all good or bad in this world. Just to give you a little of a insight about what we just learned, but from the Torah itself, we're going to be reading next week, Parashat Kitisa that talks about the terrible sin of the Egel, of the golden calf. So we know that that was a terrible, terrible sin, that till today, Hazal tells us, there is something that we still get a little punished for because of the Egel. It's a horrible, horrible sin, that everybody here knows how terrible that within 40 days of Matan Torah, Am Yisrael made the golden calf. When did Moshe Rabbeinu find out about this golden kef? So, actually, when he was still in Shamaim, getting the Torah, Hashem tells him, and it says in the Pasuk, he tells him, Lech Red, he told him, Go down. Kishi Amecha, your people, your nation, really messed up. Saru Maher, they quickly moved away from the derech that I commanded them. They made a golden calf. Could you imagine Moshe Rabbeinu getting this news? What? They made a golden calf? What are you talking about? We just crossed the Yamsuf. We were just standing by Sinai. Is this for real? Is this a joke? Yeah, they made the golden calf. So please go down. I'm done. Afterwards, look what Hashem tells him. He says, Ra'iti et ha'am Haze. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I see, I saw this nation. He says they are stubborn. So please Moshe, just leave me so I could destroy them right away. Do you notice those words? So they made the golden kef. That is a real big sin. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Avodah Zarah is one of the cardinal sins in Judaism that you have to die for before you commit. And not one person did it. There was a lot of people involved. Terrible. So Hashem basically says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm done with these people. I'm going to make you the new chosen nation. Let's see, what would Moshe say? Okay, fine. That was what Hashem presented to him. Of course, Moshe did not agree. But notice why Hashem says that I am no longer interested in them. You would say, why is He not interested in them? Because they made a golden calf. That's why. Like like He said, when He originally reported what happened, He told them they made the golden calf. But when He told them that I don't want to be with them anymore, I'm not interested in them anymore, He says, I saw they were stubborn. Stubborn? That's like a person who kills somebody and they put him away for, for, for speeding 10 miles in a, over in a 25 mile per hour zone. They told him, listen, you got to go to jail for 50 years. What'd you do? You were speeding 10 miles per hour. What do you mean? You got killed. He killed somebody. You get killed, you get caught for speeding. These people, they made a golden kef. They were dancing around it. And why does Hashem not have any interest in them? Because they're stubborn. You know how many of us are stubborn? Are you stubborn? A little bit. Anyone could say they're not stubborn? Why are we being let go? Hashem says, not because they made the golden kef. I saw they're stubborn. I see they're stubborn, I'm done with them. What an unbelievable line that is. You know what that means? That means worse than the golden calf is their stubbornness. The midah of stubbornness is what made the golden calf. We would say, no, the golden calf is because of this and because of that and because they were nervous and because... True. But at the end of the day, there was a midah of stubbornness in them and that midah is, was like the gaon says, was the shoresh, and that's what Hashem said, I can't deal with anymore. There's no better example, perhaps, in Tanakh than the following person, who, if I don't tell you their name, you would say is probably right up there with Moshe Rabbeinu. The Midrash says in Yalkut Shimoni and the Pasuk that says, Ve kam navi od that there wasn't in Am Yisrael a prophet ever like Moshe Rabbeinu. Not before, not after. And it's only Moshe Rabenu. But says the Midrash, notice the words, kam navi od beisrael There was never Someone in Am Yisrael like Moshe But says the Midrash But amongst the Goyim There was someone like Moshe His name was Bil'am You might think That Bil'am is some horrible human being But after reading this Midrash You're going to realize That if Bil'am came into this room We would all be running to get Berachot from him We would be in awe of his kedusha. That's what Bil'am was Midrash says He was on the level of Moshe in his prophecy, but that's not it. Midrash goes, but Midrash says, but says there is a difference between Moshe and between Bilam. The prophecy, there is difference. So you're probably thinking, yeah, because Moshe was greater. No, every one of the differences, Bilam was greater. I'm going to give you an example. Midrash says, Bilam. It says Moshe lo haya yodeya. Moshe never knew when God would speak to him. Whenever God spoke to them, he spoke to them. U Bilam, Bilam actually knew when God would speak to him. That's a higher level. Moshe lo haya ela ke shehu omed. Only when Moshe was standing, Hashem would speak to him. But Bilam, even no even when he was laying down. Unbelievable. Bil'am, what a man. Don't get fooled by the way we categorize him as Bil'am Harasha. Bil'am, you could see from this Midrash, is an unbelievable person. By the way, he knows the truth also. In one of his Berachot, Ta'am Yisrael, he says, Tamut nafshi mot yesharim. I want my ending to be like them. I want my olam Haba to be like them. He knows olam Haba. He knows everything, Bil'am. So how does Bil'am become... By the way, now you understand the mishnah Pirkei Avot. Mishnah Avot says, what's the difference between the students of Bil'am and the students of Abraham Avinu? Now seemingly on the surface, that's like a very bad question. You don't compare. You compare the difference like between Hitler's students and uh, between Abraham's students. What? That, that's a question? The difference? You only ask the difference when someone is very close. So you say, what's the difference? What are you comparing Bil'am's students to Abraham? Answer is, you see, Bil'am is a great man. You would never know that looking at him and seeing him, and sitting and learning with him, if he came to speak and he came to share his wisdom, you would never imagine that this man was anything less than something very, very big. He would really be very impressive. So the Mishnah says, Ma ben. So what's the difference between Avraham Avinu and Bil'am? What's the difference? I don't see a difference. I look at them both, I don't see why they should be different. How did he end up Avraham Avinu and he ended up Bil'am Harasha? How? How is that possible? Ma ben! And if you look in the Mishnah, it didn't talk about how wise he was, it didn't talk about his Nevu'ah, it didn't talk about those things. It talks about his Midot. Bil'am had Ayn Ra'ah, had a bad eye, had negative look at what people had. Ruach Kevoha, he was arrogant. Nefesh Rehiva, he didn't had no way there was no way to satisfy him he's always wanting more avraham avinu the opposite the difference between bilam and abraham was their midot and by the way it's not only bilam i give you one example throughout tanakh you will find people of tremendous stature that their midot were the cause of their downfall i will end off by telling you some important things about this avoda. This is a real avoda. Changing character is avoda. You have to want it. You're only gonna want it when you realize how much it's going to make a difference in everything you do. No question, a marriage with midot is a great marriage. No question. And no question, a marriage without midot is a gaina marriage not a question, it's not up for discussion, it's clear. Of course there's in-between, terrible and great, but obviously the greater the better. A great home has everything to do with midot. everything to do with midot. raising great children, everything to do with midot. Just about anything that we do in life has to do with that. So once we realize that, Yeah, I have a ratzon. I really need to change any... I need to change my character. I need to be much better in every one of the areas. So I get myself to start doing what I have to do. How long do I have to work? How long? I saw from one great rabbi, Rabbi Eli Melech from Leginsk. He says something very interesting that we can use, I feel, we can use it as because, you know, we are weak and we get excited and then we fall off. So we need like some extra strength, some extra shots to keep us going. He says the most beautiful thing. He says That 40 days in a row, and you change your character. 40 days in a row without a break. You do 39, and you mess up, Gotta start again. It's not 39 plus 1, no. 40 days, for example, you have a hard time in the morning getting up. hard for you. It's not one of your strengths. You're lazy in the morning. 40 days straight. Now again, it can't be your mother waking you up, and it can't be your sister waking you up. It's got to be you want to get up. I want to get up, I'm struggling to get up. You can ask someone to wake you up, but you have to want to get up. If you want to get up, and you push yourself for 40 days, 40 days straight, and you make it, you have changed your character 40 days in a row. Now. It's not a long time. When you're in it, it may feel like a long time. But in reality, 40 days is a lot easier than a whole life. If you think you have to work your whole life for something, it may be very taxing. But if you realize, hey, it's only 40 days. Who can't work on something for 40 days? Who can't get up early for 40 days? Who can't... I'm struggling with my... It's not only midot per se. I'm I'm struggling with my tefillah. So invest 40 days in your tefillah. Invest 40 days when you're going to focus on your tefillah. 40 days in any area in life is a magic number that will bring a person change to their character. Where did he get 40 days from? Why is that number the number? So the truth is we find 40 days in a number of areas in our lives we have to know what's it's the, the significance of 40 days. So truth is we know that when a child is conceived, for the first 40 days, he's really not there. He's not considered alive. What, what is he called a life baby, alive? He's a life 40 days. It takes 40 days to create a life. That's why, by the way, before Yom Kippur, we start in Elul, which is 40 days before Yom Kippur. Kippur is the 10th of Tishri, And we start from Elul already making Teshuvah. Why? Because it takes 40 days to create a new person. The Torah was given in 40 days. To create a new reality of the Torah that it creates takes 40 days. So 40 days is the magic number of creating a new reality. I say it's important for us to know this because sometimes we think something is forever, it's very hard to continue. But if you know it's 40 days, you could do it. 40 days, I'm not getting angry, not even once. 40 days, try it. I see you're rolling your eyes. (laughs) 40, 40 days, 40 days, no anger. Not outside anger, not inner anger. No anger. And the first time you get angry, you go back again. By the way, every time you get angry, it's a great opportunity. Because the pasuk says, Sheva yupol Great people, they use their falls to get up higher. Because once you get angry and you realize why you got angry, so you write down why you got angry. And the next time that thing happens, you already remember that's a trigger. I'm not doing that again. So you were careful. And then you're going great for two days. And then something else gets you angry. And then you realize, oh, that's another trigger. Okay. Now I know I'm not getting angry in that. Every time you actually fall, it's not a disappointment. Every time you fall, it's another opportunity to learn how you're going to get to the top. So that's something you can really do. I can do that. We can really get things done in 40-day peace. I wouldn't take two three things on at one time. I think it's a lot. But one at a time can be a tremendous, tremendous toilet. That's what the Pasuk says, by the way. The Pasuk says in Mishle, listen to these words. It says Shlomo HaMelech, Birzot Adonai Darche'ish, when Hashem loves wants what the person is doing, when when Hashem sees that a person is doing something and He's real and He's honest and they're doing what they can, so what does He do? Gam oyevav yashlim imo. Even His enemies, they will make peace with Him. Which enemies? Not not Hamas. Yimah Shema. Not those enemies. Which oyevav? Oyevav means is You have a hard time getting up. It's so hard for you. The enemy's fighting. The enemy makes you angry, nervous. He's working, working. He's very hard. I can't not get angry. I can't control myself. That's what it feels like because the enemy's fighting. But when you do it for 40 days, Hashem sees your derech and how you're real and sincere, and doing it, all of a sudden, the Yetzirah becomes with you. It doesn't bother you in that area. You know what? It's like exercise. A person starts to exercise. It's very hard. Your muscles are hurting you. You can't get out of bed. That's it. You're done. You did it once. You're not doing it anymore. You're exhausted. You're got up. you worse than when you started. You thought exercise is going to give you strength and energy. You're going to be flying light on your feet. It, it did the opposite. But what happens if you stay with it? If you stay with it for a certain period of time and you stay and you stay, your body will need it. Your body will say, where are you? I can't. I need you to work out. I need you to move. This is no good for us. He started against you body started against you but if you keep going he becomes he becomes your friend and actually puts you over the top I think that's enough for today I gave you enough homework there are more things but Be'ezrat Hashem we'll continue next week we're not done yet Baruch al Le'olam Amen Ve'amen